How do you find a rhythm in all of this madness for yourself and for your business that you can establish? Because if you want to reestablish order in the chaos, it starts with finding the rhythm. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White. And uh, today we have a, a special edition given uh, what's happening out there uh, in the world with uh, COVID-19. And I've asked uh, my client, former Green Beret, retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, uh, who is the founder and owner of Rooftop Leadership, uh, to spend some time with us today in Tractionville. Uh, Scott has created a series of videos called Leading Through the Chaos. Scott, welcome to Tractionville. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. Th this is going to be fast and furious, and, and I want to I want to squeeze as much juice out of this as I can uh, for our listeners. And why don't you why, why don't you start with just kind of tell us. Uh, uh, who you are and uh, how our rooftop leadership came to be. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think that'll help your your folks get their head around where what we're going to talk about might help them. But um, I've wanted to be a Green Beret since I was 14 years old. Uh, the movie Rambo came out and I lived in a little log in town and that's what I wanted to be. But the, the problem was I looked more like Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was 14, I lived in a little log in town, Mount Ida, Arkansas. And uh, a Green Beret walked into our soda shop one day on, when he, he was on leave. And uh, I just, the second I saw this guy, his name was Mark, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't even know what he was. I, but I went up to him, sat down with him. He was really cool. You know, that was one of the things that struck me. Like he wasn't this, you know, uh, detached, bravado kind of guy. He was really cool. He just very unassuming. But he was, you know. Was he in uniform? He was in his dress uniform, man. Like he had the beret, he put the beret in his waistband, a fruit salad of ribbons up here. His boots were bloused with those real shiny jump boots. Yeah. I was just, I mean, and I was this little scrawny kid, man. Like no one would even pay attention to me. And this guy was my way out. He was everything I wanted to be. Wow. You know, I was severely bullied as a kid and, and I just knew this was my way out of that town. It was my way into a life that I was meant to do. And and sure enough, you know, that's, I became obsessed with it. And, and, and he sat down and he explained to me that Green Berets were very, very different than Navy SEALs and other organizations because Green Berets jump into these uh, places behind enemy lines, these trust depleted villages, and they basically immerse themselves in the environment for very, very long periods of time. Whereas Navy SEALs, in addition to having way better hair than we do, um, go into targets and they take a target down very surgically, uh, very with tremendous lethality. And then they come off the target in like an hour and they usually do the mission themselves. Green Berets will jump into an area. We might stay a year, right. completely immerse ourselves in the area, wear indigenous clothing, grow our beards out with just 12 guys. And we become part of the culture. We, we literally build relationship. It's relationship-based connections with people around us. And then we mobilize indigenous people to stand up against the bad guys. And, you know, think Lawrence of Arabia meets Magnificent Seven, right? Okay. That's, that's what we do. And I just fell in love with that concept because it had such a, a kind of an underdog component to it. 
And this idea, uh, I had moved around my whole life of learning foreign languages and really immersing myself in the culture and relationships. So that's what I did. I tried out in 1994. It was grueling. It was a one-year process. Um, I got recycled several times, but eventually I made it. And I spent the next, you know, 18 years of my life wearing a green beret in places like Colombia, Peru, Colombia in the 90s. Uh, You know, that was a pretty sporty time. Oh, yeah. Um, Ecuador, uh, and then after 9-11, Iraq, Afghanistan, multiple tours in Afghanistan, working with tribes. And so what I learned along the way, Chris, was to help people in these trust-depleted, ambiguous situations stand up on their own, how to connect with them, how to read them, and then how to get people that don't want to follow to follow you. How you know, leading people who don't want to follow. Yeah. When it's ambiguous, when it's trust depleted, when it's chaotic, uh, a lot well, like what we're facing today. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You know, when when fast forward and uh, and you decide to retire, did you did you have a plan coming out? Uh, to do what you're doing today, sharing your leadership skill set and training with entrepreneurs? I thought I had a plan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, and, uh, my brother and I, who's also a paratrooper, we, we got into commercial real estate, mobile home communities okay. in, in 2008. That was a good year to choose it. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was great. But we did. We got into it with one single wide mobile home in North Carolina, and we turned it into um, – four communities, uh, close to a thousand lots built it ourselves. We had no money. And so I, you know, I had that, I had uh, retirement from the military. I was going to write a book. What I didn't plan on Chris was my own, um, struggle that, that came from leaving the military. Uh, you as a former athlete, I'm sure you can relate to this, but a severe lack of purpose and disconnection with what had been my life's work. All of a sudden now I'm, I'm walking around the house in my flip flops, you know, I'm doing contract work. I wasn't fulfilled. And so I started to spiral really quick. My post-traumatic stress, my survivor's guilt started to manifest. And, you know, if anybody wants to see the outcome of that, if you watch my TED talk, The Generosity of Scars, and maybe we can put that as a link on here. I stood in a closet holding a 45 pistol uh, ready to check out. And, um, you know, it was the lowest point in my life. So, yeah, I had a plan. But but life's what happens when we're making other plans, kind of like right now. Yeah. and I had to, the other thing too, man, is I don't, I didn't really believe that what I had done in, as a Green Beret was transferable in this world. I felt like I had run my course, my work was done, and there was nothing here for me on this new planet. And of course, since I've learned that's totally not true, that what I learned as a Green Beret in those dark places is very applicable here. But uh, that plan did not come to manifestation until the darkest all is lost moment in my life. So you're, you're in the closet, you're standing there. What stopped you? My son. Um, I uh, heard my son's voice down the hallway. And um, I just said to myself, what kind of dad? Okay. Let's this kid find him. And, and it was enough to get me to put the pistol up. And I'm not going to lie. I went back in that closet more times. And, sure. but, but, but I never came as close as I did that day. And, you know, I, I slowly started to realize that maybe, maybe I'm not done yet. Okay. Maybe it's not time for me to check out. Maybe there's some, and it was really slow. And it, it was actually a conversation with another army buddy uh, who was contemplating suicide. And I shared my story with him and he, I could see he came back to me in that moment. And I realized, damn, there's something to this. Like 
you know, the struggles, the most embarrassing moment of my life just helped me pull this guy back. And, and this, this notion of repurposing our struggle or being generous with our scars, I thought, what if I could take everything that scuffed me up in combat, all the hard lessons I learned, what if I could take those and share those here at home? Like that would be really cool. Yeah. And, I, and I started to see that there were some leaders like you who were sticking and moving and like, what if I could give them what my brothers gave me that didn't come home and they could use that to lead. And that became rooftop leadership. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tractionville. I'm your host, Chris White. And along with my co-host, Ben Miller, we'd like to thank our listeners and sponsors for helping and supporting this podcast. Please like, share, and leave your comments and help us continue to build the EOS community worldwide. You know, I, I, on a previous episode, I had a, a good friend of mine, Fred Stokes, um, played 10 years in the NFL, and um, similar situation, he found himself uh, in a hotel room contemplating suicide, and he just thought there was, there was nothing left for him, and, uh, and through connections like you, he was able to pull himself out. And, uh, and he started a movement called Lint Brothers, uh, The Life I Never Tell. And uh, it's, it's just so men, whether they're coming from military background, combat situations, or any walks of life, right, where we have stressors everywhere, um, and uh, helping them to deal with that. So, okay, so you, you, you come out of this and you, you, you come to rooftop leadership. Did, did, did part of your... I'll call it recovery or reemergence. Were you writing? Yes. Yeah, I was writing actively. And, and that's one of the things, too. I just want to say it right now because I never miss an opportunity to say this. If you're watching this or you're listening to this and what's going on right now is putting you in that closet, come out of it right now because we need you in the game. Yeah. Chris needs you in the game. I need you in the game. Your family needs you in the game. What's happening around us right now does not define us. Right. A crisis and chaos, it, that's, it, that does define us, but it gives the opportunity for us to, to forge ourselves in a new environment in ways we never thought of. But to do that, we have to, we have to be willing to go for the ride. So I would just say, like, no kidding, my, uh, my email is scott at rooftopleadership.com. If you're in that place, shoot me an email and we'll get on a phone call right away. And I, and I mean that to anyone watching this. Yeah, and for our listeners, I'm going to have all this in the show notes. Uh, I will make it super easy for everybody to connect with Scott um, uh, in those show notes. Yeah. All right, Scott. So, yeah, so I was writing, and, and, and I had written a book called Game Changers. It was actually about lessons learned from Afghanistan, but I had written it for law enforcement and even my son, Cody, who had indicated that he wanted to go be a Green Beret, you know. And, and so I had written this book that was capturing the lessons, but I thought, Man, all the lessons of how we got Afghans to go up on the rooftop and fight back, Magnificent Seven style, we need that here at home. I mean, there's a huge trust gap here at home. We're trying to lead people at home who are distracted, disengaged, distrustful. And that's all the stuff that we had to do. How do I take those human connection skills? And, you know, so I started writing curiously on that and it just, it, it birthed, you know, everything that we're doing with rooftop. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go there because I, I specifically want to, talk to you about uh the you know the components of rooftop leadership but more specifically you have hit the pause button on your business to yeah. create a series of videos 
and uh, leading through the chaos. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so typically what I do is I help business leaders have a deeper impact with their business and their clients through better human connections. That's what rooftop leadership does. Our specialty is human connection because what we what we know now, Chris, and this is fairly recent technology, believe it or not, and this is really important for everybody. Humans are meaning-seeking, emotional, social, story animals. Now, every one of those words that I just said I hope you'll write them down because this is what I teach at the Green Beret Schoolhouse and this is what I teach business leaders. We must have purpose in our life, meaning seeking. We are emotional. The limbic brain makes all the decisions uh, for the most part and it doesn't even understand language. It acts off emotion. Right. Uh, social. We are wired for connection. So in this time of social distancing, we better be careful. Right. We, we have to think about how we close that gap and story animals. We've been telling stories for 100,000 years and stories are how we make sense of the world around us. And it's the greatest sales tool and entrepreneurial tool in our inventory. So we need to know that that's who we are at a baseline level. So that's what I teach. Um, when when this event happened, I looked at my my teammates and I said, you know what? Um, the only way we're going to come through this are our entrepreneurial leaders. That's it. There's, this is the, the, the solution to this dilemma is not going to come from the top. The top is going to have to do some things, but the real leadership is going to come from bottom up. It, it always does. Right. And so I looked at my team and I said, we're going to do exactly what we did in Afghanistan in 2008 and 2010, which is we're going to embed and advise all of the entrepreneurial leaders that are sticking and moving and we're going to give them every tool they need to be successful because that's the only way out and so we stopped everything we got outside uh, where i always shoot my content and we shot all day friday um i worked all night thursday night on the content we shot friday we edited all weekend all all this week and we just released it and we're calling it leading through the chaos and yet yeah, the best practices that i could derive to help leaders sort out what they're facing right now and lead through it. What are some of the fundamental pieces, Scott, when, when you're leading through the chaos, what are some of the fundamental pieces that our entrepreneurial leaders should be thinking about? Right. So the first thing, we have these things in special operations called imperatives, right? And so they're called the special operations imperatives. You can Google them and they're actually quite useful for any leader today. Um, so here's a few things that I would say. Uh, one is you're going to need to be, people ask me all the time, what's a modern day Green Beret, right? A modern day Green Beret is a combination of John Wick, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, and the Verizon guy, or the Sprint guy, or whatever the hell you call it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Think of it this way. You know, our guys, we have the highest casualty rate of all special operations combined. We've had more killed in action than Navy SEALs, Delta Force, Rangers, and Marine Special Ops combined, and there's only 6,500 of us, right? So, but our guys are extremely lethal, but they're surgical in their lethality. They mm. can be super coercive, like they can kick a door down and do business, but they're very, very surgical, just like John Wick. T.E. Lawrence, L Lawrence of Arabia, he mobilized the entire Arab nation in World War One. one guy to overtake Aqaba and defeat the Ottoman Empire in support of the allies in World War One. One dude yeah. using relationship-based skills like storytelling, active listening, rapport, empathy, 
physical presence. He was an un, he was an unassuming dude. Like he was a small little guy, but he mo he mobilized all of them. So the Lawrence of Arabia skills, and finally the Verizon guy, right? The little dude. Remember those commercials? He would walk around. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear? Me? And he had this little network of people behind him, and he was constantly expanding his network. In this crisis that we're in right now, we, regardless of your age, you're going to have to be super savvy, super digitally connected, and we're going to have to use old school Lorenzian connection skills like Lawrence of Arabia and new age Verizon guy technology to bridge the social distancing gaps and create these new opportunities. So that's the first thing I said. The same is true for you guys. We're going to have to be a combination of those three things. You're going to have to drop the hammer at times. You're going to have to be John Wick. But you're going to have to have those Lawrence skills. That's those connection skills are going to need to be at the forefront. Um, and then finally, you need to be able to use technology mm -hmm. to bridge the gap. Um, that's the first thing. I'll say one more thing and then I'll pause for your comment, um, Chris. Those soft imperatives I talked about, the special ops imperative. The first imperative is understand your operational environment. So as, as leaders today with all this chaos going on around us, we have to reattune to our environment all the time. We can't just look at the environment one time and think that we have it for the day. Like we have to constantly look at our environment and see what's changing around us. Now there are three enemies that entrepreneurs face right now that I wanna say that are part of this environment. Enemy number one is the threat to your business and your livelihood, right? And that is obviously because of the way the market's doing right now. It's hard to, you know, if you're a, if you own a business like a restaurant or a bar, right. you know, it's hard to keep the doors open. You and I were talking earlier about like, you know, our our clients and stuff. Like we're having to make massive changes. Some of it's getting canceled. Okay, so there's that threat. Now that one, to some degree, we've been there before, right? 2008, we experienced post 9/11, so we've been there before. Although this one's tough, but it's also informed by another threat that is a personal threat, a persistent virus that threatens you and the people you love. Now, that is as novel as the coronavirus in this country. Yeah. In Afghanistan, we dealt with us all the time because we lived in villages where you might wake up with your throat cut by the people you're working with. So we had to manage things externally. But we also had to constantly look over our shoulder to see if someone was going to stick a knife in our back. Right. Now, that is, you know, that is kind of what we're facing here. And you need to know as a leader, that's going to drain you. That's going to have an effect on you. That, that is a fear-based reality that if you don't attune to it mm -hmm. and manage that energy, then it will eat your lunch much faster than what we went through in 08. And then, and then finally, and that's, so that's novel. That's new. And yep. then finally is this social distancing thing, this social distancing phenomena that it's the right thing to do to mitigate the virus, but it creates a massive challenge for business owners in how do we maintain our clients? How do we maintain employee morale? And how in the hell do we engage new prospects when right. we are literally physically socially distancing ourselves? And remember, we're meaning seeking emotional social story animals. So those three things we have to acknowledge, they are, they are there, and then we have to reattune ourselves to them nonstop throughout the day. So I want to key in on one element that you just shared, and that's fear. Yeah. Right? That we know 
you know, the news media blows stuff up and just perpetuates that. Mm-hmm. But when, when, when we're talking about our entrepreneurial business yeah. owners and leaders and managers, how do they execute when they're having fear themselves, right? Great question. Okay, so here's some things on fear. This, listen, what I'm about to teach you is the same stuff that I teach Green Berets at the schoolhouse, and it's the same thing that I teach my 22-year-old son who's about to go be an infantry lieutenant, right? So this is, I'm teaching you what I teach my kids that are going to war. All right. First of all, stop beating yourself up for being afraid. Stop, stop it. Fear is a natural human reaction. We are meaning seeking, emotional, social story animals. We operate and we navigate through the world at a semi-conscious level off emotion. Right. So it is only natural. Fear is an emotion. It's an emotional response to a stimuli, external or internal, that tells us there's a threat. It's, it's as old as humanity. Right. And so feeling fear is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign that you're falling apart. It is not a sign that you're not doing your job, right? It's not a sign of weakness. Fear is pervasive and it is an emotional response. And actually, historically, it's a good thing. Fear, which manifests in the amygdala, the primal part of the brain that keeps us alive, it's just doing its job, right? right? So that's the first thing I want to say is that kind of take a breath and just realize that like a lot of the myths that we have around fear in our modern society are wrong. In in combat, you are afraid, right? It's what you do in the face of fear that determines what happens. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Fear, if allowed to manifest in its natural state in a persistent threat situation like we have right now, can become a debilitating liability. We Fear is energy, and leadership is the management of energy. So we must manage the energy that is standing between us and our goal. So fear works great in a short-term episodic situation. Fear can be a liability in a long-term persistent situation, right? So how do we do it? Well, there's lots of things that we can do to, to manage fear. I've got a few, and if when you watch the video series, there's, there's quite a few there. I'm going to give you a couple right now um, that, I, that I like to use. And what I call it is, um, is a self-leadership, it's a self-check-in, right? Um, and this is what I used to do in combat. And again, it's what I teach Green Berets now. If you're feeling anxiety going up to a high level, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to, to check in by doing three lower body breaths. Now, the way we do lower body breaths, do them with me. We're going to sit up in our chair or you can do it standing and we're going to put my, so you put your hand on your belly and we're going to breathe through our mouth and we're going to expand our belly on the uh, inhale. Okay. And then we're going to squeeze belly to spine on the exhale. Now don't use your shoulders, just your diaphragm. We're going to expand our belly on the inhale, squeeze belly to spine on the exhale. Now close our eyes and do it one more time. Expand. Squeeze belly to spine. Slowly open your eyes. And what you should feel is just in three breaths, you should be in a fairly different state. Breath, particularly diaphragmatic breath, which is where you expand your belly on the inhale, squeeze your belly to spine on the exhale, it actually sends a signal through the vagus nerve 
to come out of the sympathetic state in the brain emergency response center and drop into a parasympathetic state. It brings the cortisol levels down. It raises the testosterone levels up and you can actually regulate your state through breath, Mm -hmm. right? So if you are in a stressful situation, step aside, three lower body breaths, and that will put you in that calm and connect uh, parasympathetic state. And if that doesn't work, do five more breaths, keep your eyes closed and then ask yourself, here's, here's, Step two, am I okay? Say it out loud. Am I okay? And the way I do it, Chris, is I check through an acronym that I call HALT-I, H-A-L-T hyphen I. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Hyphen, am I ill? And in this particular environment, am I demonstrating any side effects or symptoms of corona or anything else? And if any of those, if the answer to any of those is yes, you need to tend to that right now because as leaders, what happens is, especially entrepreneurs, we're so busy grinding and taking care of everyone else that we deny those basic functions. And when those start to get denied at a certain point, the, the, the stuff starts coming off the spaceship and we start to, we start to do burning and burn in reentry yeah. and it's not healthy. So we got to check in with ourselves and then three questions that we can ask ourselves after that. What's urgent? right? What's urgent? What do I need to tend to right now? And I define, define urgent as anything within the next 72 hours. Okay. Right. In a crisis, we have to divide time and space. So right. step three, what's urgent? Step four, what's strategic, right? So then I might say that's three, 72 hours out to one month is strategic, right? And then finally, where can I be of most value right now? to my business and the people I serve and the people I love. Where can I be of value? Because what happens is we get inside our head and that's one of the worst things that we can do in a crisis is once you get inside your head, you know, it's you basically, you go inward, you isolate, and then you just start telling yourself a story. That's a false narrative and you spin, uh, you spiral. So that final question, if you'll just find, even if it's your child went out to the cage with Braden yesterday, my youngest, and we just hit in the cage Right. And that pulled me out of a place that I didn't want to be. And so just who can I go serve right now? That's why in combat you see ranger buddies and warrior buddies, because we've learned through combat that in the worst of situations, if you want to pull yourself out of the crap, go serve somebody else. Yeah, right. Right. So that I mean, all great stuff. I mean, I've got a page and a half of notes myself already. So listeners, I hope you brought a pen and paper here. Um, but you can always watch the recording with a pen and paper like you should yeah. with uh, Scott's video series. Um, so Scott, what are the other pieces of the video series that can help our listeners? Yeah. So there's several other things that are in there. I, I do a whole video series on chaos in order because I feel like we've, we've in a first world situation, most of us have spent our life kind of, you know, operating in a, a, a fairly predictable environment. I mean, you know, we live in the first world, right? So yeah. we're not really accustomed to seeing chaos all around right. us. And so I just take about 20 minutes and I talk about chaos. And, and, and the reality is that all of us have been living in chaos our entire lives. We've built order around us to like, as humans, we like to build these little walls that make us right. think that there's order. But the reality is, you know, the universe can drop a ball of chaos into our order anytime it wants. And that's what's happened. So I just spend time talking about how do we surf the wave of chaos back to order? 
And so there's a video on that. There's a video on um, fear. There's a video on and how to overcome it. There's a video on remote communications. I think people will like a lot. Um, there's another video on rhythm. One of the things that I learned, Chris, in combat was my second tour, I almost died because I didn't take care of myself as the operations center director. Uh, basically, I was responsible for coordinating, executing all the special ops around the country. And so I always had teams in, in combat. And so I didn't want to leave when they were in fights. And so eventually it took a terrible toll on me and it almost took me out. So I had to learn how to find a rhythm in the chaos. And there's a rhythm in everything. My father taught me that. And so for your, your listeners, how do you find a rhythm yeah. in all of this madness for yourself and for your business that you can establish? Because if you want to reestablish order in the chaos, it starts with finding the rhythm, you know? And so there's a segment on that. And then finally, I think there's a segment on remote comms. I talked about that. Yeah. How do we use technology to bridge the social distance gap with our clients and with our people? And then there's at the very end, there's, there's my principles and best practices on what I think we ought to hold in our mind and in our heart as we go through this thing uh, to help just kind of ethos to get us through it. Sure. Sure. Well, like, like we said at the beginning of this, we knew time was going to go by fast and we're coming yeah. up here uh, at the end. And um, where can people find you, Scott? Yeah. If they go to um, rooftopleadership.com, Chris, um, and if you click on the on the blog section, I have got a ton of vlogs there, and we're doing. Um, like I said, we're reorienting everything on leading through the crisis. So you, they're all free. You can go in there and just it's just me by the fire pit talking about ways that you can have better connections with your clients, how you can bring emotional temperature down. It's all those old school skills I talked about. Um, also we're, we're also going to, our podcasts are shifting gears and I'm going to start putting content out there. You can access it there. So there's a lot of free content there that your, your, your listeners can go to. And, and, and remember human connection in crisis is a skill set. Do not rely on instinct. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, and I'll make sure that all that information is in our show notes, make it super easy for our listeners in Tractionville to find you. Tractionville, you got to get some Scott man in your life. Get out there, go to his web website, rooftopleadership.com. Um, I will be sending out uh, on my social media pages, links to his video series. Scott, I can't thank you enough, brother, for everything you do. My honor, Chris, and thanks for what you're doing. And just, you know, look, we're going to get through this, you guys. So, and it's going to be you that gets us through it, right? But if we're waiting on Washington, D.C. or anybody else to carry the day, they're not coming. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's okay because it's, it's, it's leaders like you guys that have gotten us through centuries of freedom, and that's how this will go to. Well, we appreciate it, Scott. Tractionville, uh, like us, share us, uh, share your comments with us. And uh, we'll see you next week in Traction, though.